We are going to be learning Lukuti Sichis, Chelek Yotas Parshashoyftim, the first Sicha. This Sicha is a very fascinating Sicha. It discusses the different roles between a Melach and a Nasi, and that it compares a Melach to the heart of the Jewish people and a Nasi to the brain, to the head. And we're going to discuss what the differences are between the Melach and the Nasi, and also the differences between the heart and the brain. Sifalaf, Soim Tasu Melach Melach. You should, there, there's, this is a passing this week's parsha that it's a commandment that you should place and appoint for yourself a king. So, So the Rajma writes that the king is like the tzibur. The reasoning that the king is like the tzibur is because the tzibur and all the Jewish people are dependent on him. We see a similar idea in the Tanhuma, that the leader, the head of the generation, is the entire generation. And Rashi, which is based on this medrash, quotes this medrash and, and uses different words, that the leader, the nasi of the generation, is like the generation, because the nasi is everything. And we will discuss as the sicha goes on what exactly these ideas mean. But in a very simplistic way, he's the leader of the generation, therefore he's the one that guides the people, he's the one that shows them the path, and teaches them the, the conduct how they're supposed to act, and therefore he's like the entire generation, because his say, his command, his leadership, is what fashions and forms that generation. The Ramam writes regarding the king that his heart is the heart of the entire Jewish people. So, so in a sim- simple reasoning why the king is called the heart, the reasoning why he's called the heart is because just like the energy within the body is dependent on the heart, similarly the congregation is dependent on the king. So this is very similar to what the Rajba wrote, that that the king, the entire tzibur, he's like the tzibur because the entire tzibur is dependent on him. Similarly to the heart, where the entire body uh, its vitality is dependent on the heart. Um, just interesting that, therefore, even in halacha, we find that when, for example, a person would be uh, is, make something hectish, and he says, I'm going to make the heart of an animal hectish, that means the entire animal becomes hectish. But let's say he says just the arm of an animal will become hectish, only the arm would become hectish, not the entire body. The reasoning is because the animal can live without the arm, but the animal cannot live without the heart. So therefore, by saying the heart, since everything's dependent on it, automatically the whole animal becomes hectic. A similar idea over here. The melech is like the tzibur because the whole tzibur is dependent on that melech uh, because without the melech, there would just be anarchy. He said, we need to understand. Why are we comparing the king to the heart? He says, even though it's true that all the limbs of the body get their energy from the heart, but the actual conduct of the limbs of the body is everything's dependent on the brain. So therefore, the better comparison, we would have been better to compare the king to the brain, because the brain is the real king of the entire body. It's the one that's really conducting and everything's really dependent on the brain uh, much more than even the heart. Therefore, he says that in Chazal, we do find that the heart is called the king, but that's only relevant to all the other limbs, because as we said, all the other limbs are dependent on the heart. 
but the head itself is called the king over all the limbs, including the heart, because even the heart, of course, needs the brain in order for it to do its uh, function. So, so the question is, why is the king compared to the, um, to the heart? The main purpose of the king is to lead the people, is to, is to show them the proper conduct. He takes them out to war, he brings them back to war, he's similar to the shepherd and the sheep. So true, maybe there is a certain aspect which is similar to the left, to the heart, that he also is the one that you know, runs the government and allows them to have their sustenance. But still, the main comparison to the king would have been similar to the brain, which is in charge and which leads the people and comes up with the plans and takes care of the uh, uh, functioning. So that is the question. So why is the Rambam really comparing the, uh, the, the king to the heart? So he says, in which is the Lashon Taira. The reason why the Rebbe is pointing out Lashon Taira because we're going to, in Lashon HaKadosh, we know there is a certain history of how the, of the language developed. There's the Lashon of Taira, how we find it within Tanakh. And there's also the Lashon HaTaira, there's the Lashon HaChamim. There's the, how the Mishneic Hebrew, how the HaChamim, uh, you know, as a thousand years passed on, different words were changed for different words. And there's also the Lashon Chacham, the, the, the word the Lashon HaKadosh that the Chachamim used. So the Rebbe over here is pointing out that in Tarsh Chachsav, which is the Lashon HaTayra, we find that the king has another description, that sometimes the king could be called a Nasi. Asher Nasi Yachta. It says in the Pasuk that when the Nasi sins, so that the Nasi has to bring a special korban if he does an Avera B'Shaygik. So who is the Nasi? So the Sifra and also the Mishnah explains that the Nasi is referring to the king. So we say that the Nasi sins, it doesn't mean any leader. It means specifically the king. And the way how we know this is because uh, as the continuation over there is that there's no one on top of him except for God. Meaning is it's not any leader. Because one leader, if you're just a regular Nasi, then you have the king over you. So the only one that has no one on top of him except for Hashem would be the king. So he's the one that brings this carbon. Also we find that Melech Mashiach is called by the name of Nasi in Buisichaskal and other places. He says, He says, nonetheless, even though we find that the word Nasi is also used for a king, but Melech is the higher description, because Nasi just means leader. And as we find in the Torah, you have a Nasi of a Shevet, right? So Nasi could mean any type of leader. So in the Torah, Nasi sometimes is used for the Nasi of a Shevet. Sometimes it could be used as a Nasi, meaning the king. But by this itself, that it could be, could be used for different types of leaderships. So we see that it's a more general type of term. While the Melach, that's a description only for the king, that there's nobody on top of him. So why is that relevant? Regarding what we're saying is that it says the Nasi Hadar, right? So we're talking about, the, therefore, for, as, as mentioned, the reason why we have to write Nasi Hadar is because, as, as we meant, Nasi could mean any leader. So you have to give an added description to say what Nasi are we referring to. We're referring to the top Nasi, the, the Nasi of the generation, or Lashon of Rashi, um, that, that's a Rashi calls it, 
And uh, Rashi, as we mentioned, quoted it from the Medrash. The Medrash calls it the Reishadar. So the Shaila is, the king is a greater, greater than a Nasi. It's a greater description. It's the highest description of a leader can have is the Melech. But regarding a Melech, the Rambam calls it a Lev. The Melech is like the Lev of the Jewish people. While we're saying the Nasi, as we see from the Medrash, is called the, the Reish. So why is it that when you say the word Melech, it refers to the aspect of the Melech being the Lev of the Jewish people, but when you're calling a Melech a Nasi, that's referring to the brain, the head of the Jewish people. So clearly, obviously, that Melech and Nasi both refer to the king, and it's talking about different functions and different jobs that they have. But the question would be is, why is the job which is called Melech connected to Lev, while the job which is called Nasi is, is connected to the uh, uh, Reish? So in order to understand this, we have to look how the in the Lashon Chachamim, meaning in Mishneh Hebrew, how are these terms used of Melech and Nasi? And in Mishnei Kibbe, we find a very fundamental difference between a melech and a nasi. A melech means kibshutai, exactly the same thing doesn't mean the tarch it means a king. But by a nasi, a nasi, when the Tanaim use the word, it means a nasi of the Sanhedrin. It means the nasi of the, the high court, the supreme court of the Jewish people, the leader of that court. Or a kapanim, it means a nasi, sometimes it means a nasi in Yanim Ruchim, in spiritual matters. But it always means a spiritual uh, leader. It does not mean a king or a nasi of a shevet. It's always referring to a spiritual leader, specifically a nasi of a Sanhedrin. It says nasi of As we know that the Sanhedrin had the two top leaders of the Sanhedrin. Number one, the top guy was the nasi. And the second in command was the av beizdin, a gemara. A gemara. Hillel shakarin aischa nasi Yisrael. Regarding Hillel that we called you, the nasi of the Eden, Because Hillel was the head of the Sanhedrin. As we know that Hillel and Shimon, they had, they were Nesim of, Hillel, Shimon was Hillel's son, uh, that Hillel was the Nasi, and then after him, Shimon was the Nasi, and their Nesius was a hundred years before the Beis Amigdash was destroyed. And we know that a hundred years before the Beis Amigdash was destroyed, there were still kings, there were Jewish kings, uh, and even some of them were Melech Ksherim, that they had the Dine Melech upon them, so they, even halakhically they had the rules of a king. Now, obviously not Malchus based David, because they were not from Malchus based David, but they were still uh, Malchus Yisrael and had the Dinim of a Melech. But nonetheless, when the Gemara uses the term Nasi, about Hill of the Shimon, it's saying, it calls them a Nasi even during the period when there was a king. So the point where the Rebbe is trying to bring out that in Lashon HaMishnah, Lashon Chachamim, a Nasi refers to the head of the Sanhedrin. He says, Ad sheish b'neim chilak ikri b'din. Nasi shemachal kvaydei kvaydei machal. But a melech shemachal kvaydei in kvaydei machal. And we even see a, a very big fundamental difference b'din between a melech and a Nasi. That it says by a Nasi that uh, he is allowed to forgive his honor. If someone insults the Nasi, for example, um, so there's a punishment for insulting or cursing a Nasi, but he's able to forgive it. But a melech, if someone insults his honor, he's not allowed to forgive it. 
So it makes sense that even within the Torah itself, we also find this difference. Meaning is the reason why the Chachamim made this differentiation and called the spiritual leader the Nasi, it makes sense that etymology is because the word even referred to a, the aspect of the king, which is more of a leadership, spiritual type of leadership. Therefore, means specifically the, the spiritual leadership, which means the Nasi of the Sanhedrin. But Belashon it probably also had that, Mestaber Leimah, the Rebbe says, that also had that connotation, and that's where the Chachamim got that terms from. So even within the king itself, um, what the king is called, the Nasi of the Melech, it's referring to these two jobs within the Melech himself. So the differences between a king and the Nasi, as defined by the Lashon Chachamim, which means the Leader of the Sanhedrin, Aleph, Melech in Yonah Lassis Mishpat Ul Machamas, Rebelashan Akasav Kanal, Asher Yetziim, Asher Yavim, Avaloi Hayra, Mach Yisrael Sur Machlal Adun Ein Donen, Afilo Machlis Bez David, Shadonim Hemes Aam Harit Ein Meshivin Oisam Sanhedrin. A king's role is to execute justice and wage war, as we said in the pasuk before that the king shall take them out and bring them in, but it's not to give halachic guidance. And this is regarding the Malchus for all the kings that came from the other tribes besides for David, from Shevet Yehuda. They are bechlal They're not allowed to judge at all. And even the kings who come from king from, from David and Melach, that they are allowed to judge the people, but nonetheless they are not appointed to the Sanhedrin. And we'll discuss exactly what type of uh, judgment they're allowed to do of Malchus based David. But the point is, they definitely were not allowed to be part of the Sanhedrin which was, in a sense, the Supreme Court, the main uh, justice system. I, he says part of the job of the king is to do mishpat. He says the pshat of of mishpat, mishpat itself can mean different things. Mishpat could actually mean... Um, can mean the, the investigation and educating the law, or it can mean executing justice. So by a king, it doesn't mean the investigation and making the psak din, rather it means to execute whatever the psak din that Bezdin decided, uh, that whatever they decided the psak din was. So that's one thing that he's doing. He's executing the judgment of Bezdin. And the second thing is that sometimes a melach has to do a judgment based on meaning it's like a sometimes a a king needs to take things into his own hands in very, very particular situations. Look at, uh, you know, the Ramam for the, the, the guidelines when he's allowed to do that. But the Nasi, uh, that the Chum call him as the leader of Sanhedrin, he is literally the head of the Sanhedrin. His Indian is to uh, make a Psaq Din. As Zerama writes that the greatest of wisdom, you, you appoint as their head, and he's the Rosh Hashiva. That's what the Kohanim will call a Nasi, and he's in the place of Maish Rabbeinu. And as we know, the Sanhedrin is, as the Rambam defines, they are the pillars of Hayra, and from them, judgment comes out and to all the Jewish people. But Moshe Rabbeinu, in addition 
to him being um, a Nasi, he also was the shepherd of the Jewish people. He also had a, he was also the king of the Jewish people, and therefore he also took care of their physical needs. So Meshur Rabbeinu was actually both a Melech and a Nasi. Um, and as we mentioned, the truth is, even within the king itself, you have these two aspects of the Melech and the Nasi, just that by the king, the main aspect is really the physical aspect, not so much taking care of the spiritual um, needs of the, of, of the people, but even the king has some responsibility for taking care of the, the needs, probably more as like the second in command, in a sense, after the Nasi, but there are certain aspects that that's why the king's called the Nasi, that he has to take some type of leadership role uh, in certain scenarios. It could be, as we said, or it could be the idea of a Siyasa doing the judgment that the Sanhedrin decides, therefore he would have the description of a Nasi too. Moshe Rabbeinu was even more than just a regular king, because he literally was on top of, he, he was the top guy in both jobs, uh, base. Melach, Sarcha Am, Lesapik, like Kol, Ritzoy Naisa, Kamaish, Herach, Ram, Bidin, Melach, Lakechman Am, Hagburim, Poisim in Achel, Makartai, La Rutstofanov, Hulu, Lakechman, Balan, Umdias, Lakechasadis, Vishlai, Maiser, Min, Haroim. He says, A king, uh, the, the nation must provide for him with everything he desires, as the uh, Ramam elaborates, that he may take from the nation valiant men and employ them as soldiers for his chariots to run before him. He may take from the nation's craftsmen. He may take fields. He's entitled to a tenth of the produce of the seed. So he basically has full control of the physical sustenance and material goods of the people. That even though he is also a supporter of the Jewish people, he is a communal official, but nonetheless, he just takes a salary. He's supported by the people because he takes a salary, but he doesn't get whatever he wants. So, Sivdalad. So these are the, just to, to, to give a quick kitzah so before we go right there, we're saying we find that Balash and Chachamim, there's two descriptions. Uh, there's the Malach, who's the king, and then there's the Nasi, who is the spiritual leader. And there's two differences between them. A, the Malach takes care of more the physical needs of the people, and even this, what he's involved in judgment, that's more executing the judgment. And the second thing is that the king is allowed to take whatever he wants from the people. He has full control. The Nasi, his main aspect is the spiritual needs, and he only gets a salary. He doesn't have control of the physical uh, goods of the people. Dalad. So the Rebbe points out a paradox. That this, that the king is allowed to take everything from the people, we see a davar and its opposite. In one sense, it shows the king's extreme authority, that he's allowed to take whatever he wants. Similar to, we have a din, that is whatever the slave acquires, the master automatically acquires. So, so similar to that idea, if the Jewish people have goods, he... He doesn't automatically acquire a slave. The difference is a slave, as soon as he picks up something, let's say he finds an object, as soon as he picks it up, he doesn't own it himself. It automatically belongs to the master. The Jewish people, it would belong to them. But technically, if the king wants to make a rule that if you ever find anything, it automatically belongs to the state, it would belong to the state. 
right? Meidach, he says, that shows on his great authority, his power. Meidach, Meir HaDavar Gamal Chul Shusai Shalomalach, Viyachas Lashar Ha'am. Shabimilu Shal Kolrit Sanoisav, who Nizkak Ha'am. But on the other hand, it also shows on the weakness of the king. Because he needs the people. He doesn't have anything on his own. Everything that he has is, belongs to the people. He's completely reliant on the nation. Meaning is he doesn't have anything internally what this belongs to me. This is my job. I, I, I make a salary or I've created a product or I have a patent on something and therefore I'm making some type of paranasa. Everything that he has is really what he's taking from the tzibur. So on the one hand, it shows on his power, because he can take whatever he wants. On the other hand, everything's always external. And we always know when something is external, that means it's, in a sense, not really yours. You're taking something from someone else. It's an external uh, power that he has, not something that he himself uh, earned, in a sense. The rest of the people, they get their panasa through their own actions. Whatever that, b'chol and all that you do, even a communal official that takes his parnasa from the tzibur, says even an official, he gets a salary. He's doing work. He's doing something, and because of the work that he does, he gets a parnasa. And let's say, for example, he didn't do his work. He didn't. Then he won't get the parnasa, right? So it's it's it's. it's but a king. Even if the king has like a, you know, he's sick for a month, he still gets as much panasa as he always did. Even if he doesn't do his job, he could be a horrible king and he could take as much as he wants because he, uh, he has complete power. Mashinkin, as we're saying, the parnas, it's a salary and they can fire him and uh, he won't get a salary if he doesn't do whatever he's, his, his responsibilities are. So, Abir Bizehu, Shihen Essence, Koli Yanisha Malpatur Mela, Huasha Yetzim, Ashiyavim, the Sharsas Om Lachain, Haru Mikabalam. So, what's the explanation? That on one hand we see this power from the king, on the other hand we see his weakness that he has nothing on his own. He says it's really these two things are connected. He says the whole aspect of the king, as as the aspect of the king, meaning as the king might have many different, you know, different ideas to him. He might have his own businesses, etc., going on. But we're saying as his tafkid, as a king, the idea of a king is not something on its own. The whole purpose of the king is to serve the people. He takes them out, he brings them in. The king, the job of the king is to serve the people. It's not something, it's not an independent job. Therefore, he accepts everything from the people. So on one hand, he has extreme authority. On the other hand, that everything he gets from the people, because as we said at the beginning, he is the people. Therefore, he's completely dependent. On the other hand, he is the people, so everything is really his. If these things go together. He has no, the Meleth doesn't have uh, an identity on its own. There's no such thing as a king. Like, you could have a wise person on though. He's a wise individual. Um, but you can't have a king when there's no nation. These two things are completely dependent. You need a nation to have the king. Therefore, also, the, the, the actual official, the, the, the jobs and the power of the king is, is dependent on the people. Sif hey. Now we can understand why the king, the function of the king is compared to a heart and not to the brain or the, or the head. He says, Some of the differences between the head and the brain are, uh, the, the brain and the heart are. The heart is in constant moving. 
of Ratsui Veshuv, going out and coming back. It's beating, back, beat, 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 without any interruption. But the mind, the brain, is actually calm. There is no movement. He says, true, from the brain, all the energy comes to the body, but the brain itself is complete manucha. And as we know, if the brain actually is starting to move, that's usually, that's usually a very bad sign. The, the brain is not supposed to be moved, it's not supposed to be poked, it's nothing. It has to stay the manucha for it to work properly. Uh, the heart is the weakest of all the limbs, even from the brain. It's the most sensitive. The Zayar says the heart, it is the softest and the weakest. That is what the Zayar says, uh, that the heart is the weakest of the limbs. So these two characteristics are actually dependent on each other. He says the heart is the weakest of all the limbs because its entire identity is that it gives energy to the limbs. It doesn't have anything for itself. It doesn't have any additional aspect. Its whole concept and its whole identity is to give energy to the guf. Therefore, its whole identity is external in a sense to itself. Its whole identity is dependent on others. So when your whole identity is dependent on someone else or something else, that means essentially you're weak. Therefore, we have these two points. A, it's constantly moving. This expresses that its entire identity is to give energy to the body. Meaning that if the heart stop, starts pumping, that means it's dead. Right? It, 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 it's, it's done. And two, it's considered weak because its entire identity is only for others. He says the brain is separated um, and exalted from the limbs. True, from the brain is the source of energy from the, to the entire body, but nonetheless it remains separated from them. So this is a proof that it has its own identity, but from this separate identity, it also, one of its jobs in a sense is to give energy to the body and to run the body. But the brain in a sense, that's not its entire job. Meaning even if it's, as we know, God forbid, if someone's a vegetable, the brain's still working. And the person still has many, he's, able, he's still able to think and do other things with his mind. Even if it's not, in a sense, doing the job of conduct, conducting and making the body function. Because ultimately a brain has its own identity on its own. Therefore, it says, A, the brain has no movement because it's separated from the limbs of the body. Movement shows that in, const- in order for it to have its identity, it always needs to have a connection. It always needs to be doing its job. If you don't, you're not doing your job, you're nothing. The brain doesn't need to be doing a job constantly because that's not who it is. Therefore, it doesn't move in a sense, and that expresses his uh, separateness. And also, it's not weak, like the heart, uh, because it, again, has its own identity. Therefore, the function of the king is compared to the heart, specifically. He 
היסייחסוס תמידס על העם, אשר יציאם ואשר יביאם, לפי שתכן. עניין המלוכה היא לשורס אסאם, לשורס אסאם. מהי תיימה יש נחלישס פמציוסי ביחס לשאר העם, שבקמה מהם כל צורכם. therefore the king is compared to the heart. because the king also has these two characteristics. on the one hand, one, one characteristic is that he's constantly connected, he's taking them out and bringing them in, this is the idea of the ruts of the shuv, or the heart constantly pumping, because again, the whole purpose of the king is to serve the people. and therefore he also has the weaker identity, as we said, that he's completely dependent on the people, he has nothing on his own, um, because, and that he, he's reliant on the people to get everything that he needs. So, Vav. So similar to the function of the heart and the brain, we also find in the faculties and the powers that we have, meaning in our mind and on our emotions. So the mind, of course, is similar to the brain, and the emotions will be similar to the heart. He says, he says, the function of the intellect, which is to comprehend something, could only really happen when a person remains detached from the subject that he wants to understand. If the subject becomes something which is uh, fixated within his intellect and he's biased, and, and it's something which is very relevant to him uh, in, in, an emotional fun, in, in an emotional way, then you're biased. That's considered bribery. And therefore, you cannot understand this item properly because you're, go- you're being swayed to a certain side. So the point is that the true seichel can only happen when you are Bahavdallah. Again, showing that it has seichel has a separate identity which is not connected to you. So Seichel has its own identity, irrelevant to the actual person himself. Meaning is, I emotionally could be, feel one way, and emotionally I need a certain answer which would help me and my family and my people out, but intellectually I might understand the concept differently. So when I look at this thing intellectually, I say, yeah, definitely the answer is no, you should not do this. But when I look at it emotionally, like, oh, emotionally this, I should say yes. But again, the intellect it's not based on the emotion. So therefore, you can still say no, even though you're, you're biased to say yes. Uh, and that's when you have true seichel. So again, so we see this idea that it's not dependent on you. It's not dependent on your identity. True seichel is actually, the more, the more true it is, the less connected to you personally uh, it's going to be. But in conscience, emotions are a person's feelings towards something. So this happens when a person draws himself close to the subject until a feeling of closeness or the opposite is generated. Right? So in other words, the whole idea of an emotion is how you feel about something. So it, you might be embarrassed about the way that you feel. You might be proud of the way that you feel. But these are all emotions. If you deny what you're feeling because you're embarrassed of it, then that, that's, that's an intellectual decision or maybe a, another emotional decision going against one, one emotion against another emotion. But the emotion itself is how do I feel about it? Whether this is a good emotion or, a, or an emotion that I feel is a bad emotion, 
uh, or negative emotion, that's how you feel. So emotions are, the whole definition of, emo of emotion is biased. What do I feel about this particular thing? So we're saying is that the emotions, their identity is based on you. It is your identity. The whole idea of emotion is what is my identity is the way I feel about this particular item. So from this is expressed um, uh, the, the differences between the Seichel and the Midas in the two characteristics. Emotion is excitement. There's movement. It requires contemplation, calmness, relaxed. You can't be too excited. He says also the emotions are not something which have a strong identity. They're constantly changing. You can feel one way, you know, one day you feel one way, the next day you can change the way you feel. He says, true seichel, he says, doesn't change. Let's say a mathematical equation, one plus one equals two. True uh, intellect doesn't change based on the way that you're feeling. If you came to this conclusion based on seichel, um, especially mathematics, and, and which, which is not so much dependent on you know, opinions, and um, then that's the truth, and therefore it cannot be any changes to it. Um, Zion. So according to this, we can now understand the difference between the Melech and the Nasi. The king, his purpose is to take them out, bring them back in. He needs to uh, be invested and involved with providing the people what they need. Just like the heart gives life to all the, the limbs. The intellect and the guidance, which are the functions of the brains, the questions, the answers, figuring out the halacha, that is not his purpose. It's specifically the nasi. He is separated from the people, so his main purpose is to be the head and the, main, the mind of the people, to give the psaq and the taira regarding the needs of the people. Meaning is, if you had the king as the nasi, you could just imagine how biased he'd be. He wants to go to war because, for whatever reason. So he finds the psaq will automatically be, yes, we're supposed to go to war. He needs this person to be guilty, or he needs this person to be innocent, so he's the one giving the court case. You could see how very, like, uh, how, how the biased he can get involved. But the nasi that's not involved in the day-to-day material needs of the people, he's not involved with them. He's not understanding, in a sense, what they're going through. So sometimes you think of that as a chassar, and oh, how could he give a judgment if he's not involved in the day-to-day -day type of cases? But the other hand, that's actually much better, because his psaq din is not based on emotion and his bias, uh, and he's not swayed by it. On the contrary, it's going to be swayed by what the actual law is. Just maybe to point out, it might be interesting, you know, now during Corona, when, when I am assuming court cases take place through Zoom, it will be interesting to know how more, if, if it's becoming more exact or more fair court cases, because when it's in front of the judge, in front of a jury, there could be a lot of emotional sway happening by the people being right there in front of you.
So it's not purely based on the law. But when it's all, in a sense, Zoom time, Zoom or other types of over the phone, when, when it's just less emotion involved because there's less personal um, space there, in a sense, then it might be that the law would actually be more uh, correct, at least based on the law. Therefore, we're saying the king is everything. He says, because even the heart receives some of the brain, because its union is to give energy to all the limbs. Um, meaning is that when we're saying that it's everything, it's because it's the, 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 just like the head is the source of all the energy that comes throughout the rest of the body. It's the one that's guiding the entire body. So similarly, the purpose of the Nasi is to guide the, the Jewish people. He's the intellect of how uh, the Jewish people will conduct themselves. It's almost like, a, maybe like a general of the army, like the general decides they go there, they go there. They go somewhere else, they do something else. The life and death of the people are dependent on what the general says. So similarly to the Nasi, how the, Jew, the people will live in that generation is really dependent on their guidance, just like how a person will live his life will be dictated by his mind. So therefore the Nasi is a call, just like the brain is everything. Like if a person, God forbid, gets in an accident and, and sometimes there could be some emo- brain damage, then his whole life changes. Because the brain is everything. If, if there's issues with the brain, that changes, it can change your personality even. So, Just like a Melchipshutai. Right? He says that, that his purpose is to execute the laws of the Torah within the people until he, there's even a command upon the king to give respect to those who learn Torah. And therefore, when the Sanhedrin, the Chachmi Yisrael, enter, it's a mitzvah for the king to stand up and to show them respect. So again, so that's what we're saying, the Nasi he will call. He's even the call, he even includes within him the heart. He even includes within him the, the, the king. Therefore, the king is supposed to give respect to the Nasi. This idea is actually stressed much more regarding Moshe Rabbeinu. Because from Moshe Rabbeinu we learn that the Nasi Huakal, meaning is that Moshe Rabbeinu had both aspects. He was the heart and he was the brain. Moshe Hayamelach, Moshe Namar, he was Shomelach, who is Asik Bashpas, Kolat Srachim Gamagashim of Nesrol, Liban Shayisrol. We know the king, the Moshe Rabbeinu was the king, as it says in the Pasuk, that there was a man, Yeshurun, Yeshurun is another name for the Jewish people, that Yeshurun had a king. And at that point of time was, of course, Moshe Rabbeinu. And he was taking care of all their physical needs. He was the heart of the Jewish people. And with that, of course, he was the head of the Sanhedrin, he was the Nasi. And more than that, he wasn't just a regular Nasi, he was the one that Torah came from him. For all generations, it's called Torah Smeisha Avdi. He was the one that received the Torah from Hashem. And he taught it to the Jewish people. So of course he has the idea of the Mayach. That we know that Moshe is the first Redeemer and the, second, and the last Redeemer, because within Mashiach, we also have this aspect of Moshe. Which is, that also Melech and Mashiach will have these two aspects. He's going to be a Melech. 
Biyachid Imzahul Rav, Shalom is called Ha'am Kulay. That he's going to be the king and he's going to have the union of Malchus Vishlemish. But with that, he's also going to be a teacher. He's going to teach the people Tyra. So just to jump back very quickly to the beginning, where we brought these two aspects of the king. We said on one hand, the, the Melach is Katsibur and the Tzibur is Chal Yisrael Tluyim Boy. And we mentioned how the king is the Lav Chal Yisrael. And then we have the second idea that the Rosh Hadar, who Kol Hadar. So these two aspects of the king, that he's the Nasi and he's the Melach, is most expressed by Moshe Rabbeinu and Mashiach. That they were literally had the supreme quality of the Nasi and had the supreme quality of the king. Um, by, the, by the times of the Mishnais, Mishnaic times, and really even by the times of the first base of Middush and second base of Middush, these two jobs were split up. There was the king that took care of the physical needs of the people, and we had the Nasi that took care of the spiritual needs. But within that itself, the king, of course, had certain aspects of the Nasi, as we mentioned, that he was the one that, he, did, he wasn't part of the Sanhedrin, but nonetheless, he was the one that executed the judgments, and in certain situations, if there was a Shah, he would also be involved in it. And that's why the Melech, the main description of the Melech is the idea of the heart, that the heart is depend, that the heart gives energy to the entire body, but it's also the weakest of all the limbs because its whole function is to take care of the body. Just like the king, that on one hand, he has, extreme, uh, he has complete authority over the people and all of their belongings. On the other hand, he has nothing on his own. Everything is the people's. Mashenkin, we have the, the Nasi, who is some, more similar to the brain. The brain... Um, leads and guides the rest of the body, just like the Nasi guides the Jewish people, but, but nonetheless, the brain still has its own identity, just like a mind has its own identity not involved in the needs of the person. Therefore, the mind can understand things which might be detrimental to the body, because the mind is not dependent on the body, its entire function is not to take care of the body, it's just one of its functions is to take care of the body. Therefore, the brain is able to contemplate and be misbunded and um, even with items which are not relevant to the body, and even maybe with things which would be detrimental to the body, uh, and that's similar to the Nasi, who he's the one specifically that guides the Jewish people, because since he has a separate identity to the Jewish people, he's the one that's able to guide them according to the Piskei Din Torah, Lefiha